Welcome to the Hospital Finance Podcast, your go-to source for information and insights that can help you stay ahead of the challenges impacting healthcare finance. And now, the host of the Hospital Finance Podcast, Michael Passanate. Hi, this is Mike Passanate, and welcome back to the award-winning Hospital Finance Podcast. Each year, the Healthcare Executive Group gathers healthcare executives from payer, provider, and healthcare technology organizations to rank their top 10 challenges and opportunities going into the next year. To talk us through the issues that are at the top of the list for key healthcare executives in 2022, I'm joined by Ferris Taylor, Executive Director of the Healthcare Executive Group. Ferris, welcome back to the show. Mike, thank you. It's a delight to be here and an exciting time to be uh, talking about the issues and challenges and opportunities in healthcare, and and especially how those things are changing given the dynamics of of the industry that we all work in today. Couldn't agree with you more, Ferris, and uh, you've been a great friend of the show over the years, but for those who may not be familiar with the Healthcare Executive Group, could you start out by telling us a little bit about your organization? Absolutely, and we're a, a kind of a grassroots association of of technology, innovation, and technology executives uh, across the country. Uh, Mike, we got started uh, in the late 80s when digital equipment disbanded their healthcare users group, and it was really the group of technology leaders at that time that said, hey, wait a minute, we want to continue networking and sharing perspectives and talking about the priorities in healthcare. And uh, some 10 or 15 years ago, uh, one of our exec- one of our board members said, "Hey, why don't we publish what we talk about during the year as the priorities for the next year?" Uh, David Letterman was still uh, popular, and so we labeled it the top ten. Uh, it's hard to keep healthcare issues uh, uh, ahead of payers, providers, technology, uh, uh, pharmaceutical manufacturers, and like that. Limited to ten, but we do our best, Mike. Yeah, you could easily make it uh, 10 times 10, but that's, uh, that's, a, that's a topic for another day. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, in our, in our conversations before the, um, today's podcast, we've talked a little bit about how some of these priorities are sort of showing a pattern or a trend uh, compared to, to years past. And so, broke them up into three areas, if you will, and I'm going to ask you to discuss each of those in turn. So, the first are what you labeled as their their core priorities, and, and they've sort of been hovering at the top of the list uh, for several years, but um, are still need you know additional attention and focus. Why don't you tell us about those? Terrific, and we've we've talked the last couple of years, uh, Mike, because uh, the the top three or four have been on that that HCG top ten list. Uh, for those years and many, many prior to that. And uh, your listeners can always go to hcd.org and look at the history of those top 10 and how they've been changing. But, uh, you know, I I think when, um, and we'll probably look back on uh, 2020 as a watershed or a, a, a change agent in healthcare with the pandemic and, and everything that was taking place, uh, last year's top 10 was a struggle because of, of COVID, but it's distilled out this year where 
those those top three, four, five things have all come back to the uh, to the top of the list. Uh, of course, you know at the top is cost and transparency, and there's there's multiple components of that. I think the cost levels in healthcare are at what I would call a crisis level, um, and and it really it it really has come to bear because the members, the patients, um, and in the middle of a pandemic. They are also constituents, and they've been calling their uh, their representatives at the state and the federal level. So we have mandates around cost and transparency. We have the No Surprises Act, and uh, and and so that's part of that. Uh, but I will talk about cost and transparency when we get get down to the next level, which is that in some ways. Costs are not new in healthcare. I, I I got involved in the late '80s with with healthcare, and we were concerned about the overall cost, the overall percentage of healthcare expenditures as part of the uh, uh, GPD of the uh, of of the United States. It's done nothing but grow, and we need a different perspective to try to address it. Uh, the second one and equally important is this transition to a more consumer centric healthcare system. And, and that relates to, to number three, which is accessible points of care, primary care, telehealth, virtual, virtual care um, and care transformation itself and how the whole delivery system functions. But, you know, in our lives, uh, Michael and all of us, uh, especially your your audience is aware that if we try to change something in healthcare and it doesn't fit into the physician's workflow, it's going to fail. And I think what's happened over the last couple of years is we come to, or or at least the consumers have come to the point that they're saying it has to fit in fit into my life flow as opposed to workflow you know you're diabetic and that doesn't mean that 24 7 you're you're diabetic you're you're a parent you you have a job you're in a community you have uh, uh other things that you're doing and we need a healthcare system that prioritizes the things that are important for a consumer um you know we've gotten used to going online and ordering something and amazon blows us away when they deliver it uh, today or tomorrow or within a couple of three days that's our expectation with healthcare, and we have a ways to go as an industry in meeting that both as insurers and as as uh, providers if i call for an appointment it's several weeks out that's not my expectation as a consumer so you know i'll 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 stop there because i think those core things are fundamental to the transformation of healthcare and the challenges ahead of us great summary there ferris and then um, as you had alluded to the pandemic changed some things and we found some gaps and disparities in care that have been exposed and uh, that has led us to take a look at some newer priorities uh, in, in the sort of in the middle of the list why don't you tell us about those and I'm, I'm actually excited to talk about some of those um, and, and there's some of these that we've known about for years but they haven't been a, a priority and and of course the I, I think as as an entire industry, 
uh, we were kind of flat-footed with the uh, when COVID-19 uh, erupted in early 2020. And uh, we had forgotten about public health. And we, we, we weren't prepared for the issues of personal protection equipment and, and supply chain uh, constraints that, that would come up. And so these these center priorities are relatively new. Uh, you know, one of them is kind of social determinants of health, but I hate that that term because they're not determined. We can change them. It's really removing the barriers uh, to more health and well-being across the population. I think for uh, once, at least in my career in healthcare, it became obvious to everybody that the consumer had to think differently about the health and well-being. You know, it used to be I could be a couch potato. I could eat what I wanted to eat. I didn't have to exercise if I got sick. Uh, it was the doctor's job to make me better. Suddenly, COVID hit, and the doctors could not do it alone. It required everybody, the entire population, to think about and to contribute to the overall health of the population. And we're still struggling with that, Mike. That problem hasn't gone to waste, but it's there. The, the one core thing that I think has come onto this list that is of value for a lot more discussion, and we ended up labeling it leadership, but I, I think healthcare is in this big transition from kind of what I would call the industrial age relates back to that cost topic that we just talked about where in the industrial age, it was Adam Smith. It was division of labor. It was efficiency, cost reduction. And that's kind of the focus that healthcare has had on that. And our organizations, whether it's hospital leadership, insurers, um, the, the leadership model is kind of that top-down, hate to call it Jack Welch, leadership model where, uh, you know, we organize things, we allocate resources, and, and uh, dedicate uh, uh, dollars to solving problems. Uh, even at the doctor level, uh, you know, there's kind of this underlying feeling that I'm the doctor, you're the patient, I prescribe, you need to do what I ask you to do. And in the digital world that we're moving into, that perspective, that leadership model needs to change. Now, it's it's been exposed in a dramatic way with um, work from home. I suddenly have a very different management style that I need to deal with the work environment. We see it with the burnout, with uh, with our, our providers, with our, our uh, nurses and, and medical assistants, where uh, we're not listening to them. I... Uh, I, 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 our, our research last year, the industry pulse research, even though it wasn't statistically different, when we broke out the frontline perspectives on this top 10 set of challenges and contrasted it to the executive perspective, there were gaps that were starting to appear. Well, in the digital world, you close those gaps. You, you open up that uh, chain of command and uh, you give the frontline a lot more 
uh, flexibility in dealing with the issues. I, I, I'm actually excited about what happened with COVID in the sense that suddenly the front line of healthcare had the flexibility. Uh, it pivoted in, in a short period of time to virtual consults of some type, adopted innovation and technology to actually allow our healthcare practitioners to uh, to practice at the top of their skill set, as opposed to be pushed down to the bottom of the cons- uh, their skill set. I think it's still an open issue as to whether we will really, as an industry, adopt a new leadership strategy to recognize that compensation uh, isn't necessarily geographic based if somebody can live wherever and and provide services to healthcare we need to uh, to adjust to that um i i'm i'm actually reflecting back mike on and this is part of hcg we sort of sense new priorities coming and at the health uh 2019 conference hcg and in conjunction with a couple of other organizations had a three-hour roundtable on uh, on leadership, even though it wasn't a top 10 priority. It was there sort of haunting us. And the outcome of that was that uh, we need change. And, uh, you know, your listeners can go to, the, to our website and, and look at the blog on that. Uh, we summarize that discussion. Lots of insights that can help us today with this center group of priorities, which are major change, more agility, a lot more uh, acceleration. Healthcare isn't known for changing rapidly. I think we're in the world of healthcare today where rapid change is going to be rampant. Um, I, I, I recall at a, at a session just before COVID where a hospital executive and a health plan executive were talking and the comment was made by one of those CEOs saying, well, if, if I have an executive on my team that doesn't agree with me, they should leave. They shouldn't be on my team. I, I cringe when I hear that now because in fact, we need that disagreement. We need to understand this new world that we're moving into of digital healthcare. Well said, Ferris. And um, as we think about the last set of priorities that appeared on t- this year's list, um, you noted those as being more foundational in terms of uh, priorities that straddle across topics such as payment reform, data analytics, interoperability, and, and health policy. So uh, tell us what you saw there. So these have always been, uh, not always, but when I look back over time, over the last 10, 12 years, They've, you know, data and analytics has, has been on that list for, for many years. We started calling it interoperability, hoping that systems would be interoperable. And I think it's come back today to more what I would call data liquidity, uh, the ability to share data, uh, that uh, data is a, a, a key uh, solution in the digital uh, world, uh, real-time data sharing and like that. Uh, but the, uh, the the reason I call these foundational things, the, these priorities, including the how we pay for healthcare, uh, the payment reform component, cut across 
all of the other priorities. They're kind of what I would call table stakes. If we don't address those, we're not going to be able to make the progress on, on the uh, other priorities that are there. And, and Michael, I will say it, it's interesting because we cut this off at 10. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about number 11. Not that it's changed in priority, but I think because leadership and population health or public health had to come up on this list because of the, uh, the pandemic. Um, it's, it's a very – number 11 was very, very close in terms of privacy and security. You and I and all of your listeners would agree it isn't that privacy and security is less important – it has become core, foundational. If we're doing anything in healthcare and not looking at how we move the data around, how we protect the privacy and security of that data, how we compensate for the healthcare system, uh, how health policy is going to impact us. And by the way, Michael, I, I really enjoyed your your interview with Paul Keckley and, and his sort of perspectives on, on what was going on with healthcare, and uh, you know, it is unfortunate that our our health policy system in the U.S. Uh, swings healthcare back and forth one way or another. We need to reach stability in healthcare because our our consumers, our providers, our insurers, our technology vendors, the pharmaceutical industry need some consistency in order to address. This third group of priorities that are so important, they're foundational to everything else that we hope to accomplish in healthcare. It's it's not going to be easy. Um, uh, you know, we have a lot of external factors coming into play, not just healthcare, but uh, sort of non-traditional players. It seems like every day there's a new. Uh, player, uh, either a new application or a new product that Amazon is launching or or Facebook's getting into healthcare. Google has put a big emphasis. Microsoft, the, the, the technology players are becoming more and more important. And that technology is not to replace the leadership and the talent strategy that we have in healthcare. It's really there to augment and to leverage so that everybody contributing to healthcare can do so in a 21st century way, uh, digitally, but in in an efficient way, where we're compensated for the uh, the skill sets that we're bringing to the table in healthcare. It's a complex industry. It needs the technology, and if we don't have this third group of of priorities being addressed. We won't be able to succeed the way we need to with the other two groups of priorities that we talked about today. Couldn't agree more, Ferris. And if someone wanted to find out more about the healthcare executive group or get a look at this list, where can they go? So I, I, I and my team are always accessible. You can, uh, on our website, my email address is there, but uh, the core uh, support effort is at hcg.org. Um, and, and it's, uh, you know, it's a website that's always evolving, but we have our blog posts. We have our history of top 10. You can look at the last 10 years of national research on industry pulse. You can see who the technology leaders are that sponsor HCG. And, and we couldn't do this thought leadership that we're doing and challenge 
how the industry is working to together to address these issues if we didn't have those core sponsors. So, uh, you know, they, they are nationally recognized uh, um, uh, uh, technology companies, but we do appreciate how they support and, and uh, not just with dollars, but with their experience and their insight on the HCG top 10 uh, issues and look forward to a very successful 2022 uh, addressing these, these challenges that we've talked about today. Ferris Taylor, thank you so much for joining us again today on the Hospital Finance Podcast. Thank you, Mike. This concludes today's episode of the Hospital Finance Podcast. For show notes and additional resources to help you protect and enhance revenue at your hospital, visit Bessler.com forward slash podcasts. The Hospital Finance Podcast is a production of Bessler. Smart about revenue, tenacious about results.